Welcome back to the Across the Browns podcast. I'm your host, Chandler Adams, coming to you with a pretty severe sinus infection. So if I, I'll try not to hack up any loogies, but if I sound funny, I apologize. Um, with me, as always, is the co-host, John Kaufman, who is also in pain. We're just a mess over here. Send help. <laughs> send an ER if we can. But uh, John, last night, we were not able to record the post-game interview, uh, post-game reaction podcast and that's because you had a fantasy draft yeah. are you going to dominate your friends and family's football league no no did not go well it, uh, started out really well and then it got off the rails fast so oh no yeah the super flex league and i lamar jackson fell to me in the first round i took Devonte adams in the second i couldn't believe it first Beautiful. receiver taken and then darren waller in the third and i thought okay great i'm set at tight end i just have to make sure i get some running backs and uh, it's DeAndre back. Swift and Kenyon Drake. And okay. it's going to be a long season. So I love the DeAndre Swift thing. Maybe not so much in a redraft. I did take him yeah. in my dynasty startup because I think he's going to be good for two or three years. That, I don't even know his name, but that Lions coach is going to run him until his legs fall off. He's a psychopath. He won't yeah. pass the ball once all season. So admittedly, I like the DeAndre Swift pickup. Kenyon Drake, it's hard to swallow, but you got to do what you got to do to get a starting back. I mean, I just drafted like four or five running backs late. Just thought, you know, if one of them hits, then I'll be okay. But otherwise, you know, the receivers are fine. Tight ends good. Quarterbacks are okay. I took Tua and Justin Fields. I'm like, okay, I feel good about quarterbacks. So, but yeah, yeah I mean, I just, yeah. There's if if uh, Swift is a bum, or if they just don't use him in the passing game. Like if Jamal Williams is is the passing down uh, back in that you know in that offense, they just don't you know they can't do anything because they're behind all the time. And yeah. Swift just, I'm in a lot of trouble. Yeah, that'd be rough. I was third overall pick out of eight teams. I was extremely upset about that. I wanted to be pick number eight. Take like Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, back to back. Yep. Got stuck at third. Had to go with Jonathan Taylor at three. Don't love it. Don't love it at all. But I wanted a good back. After Jonathan Taylor, I I went pretty heavy old guys. Devontae Adams, uh, Mike Evans. That was later on down the draft. Aaron Rodgers, like. I'm like, I don't know how long this Dynasty League is going to last. So, mixed sure. it up. Some young, some old. But, yeah, Devontae Adams was a must. He was my second pick. We're going to talk to you about the Browns-Giants preseason game. Uh, a lot of good. Some bad still. Uh, and all of this does need to be taken with a grain of salt. Uh, not only is it a preseason game. I mean this with as much respect as possible. It's a preseason game against the New York Giants. Um, it... They're not a good organization. They'll have a top three draft pick, probably, unless somehow Kenny Galladay and Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton just and Saquon Barkley can carry them to like a couple wins. Um, a bad team, but a lot of good things happen. So what we're gonna do uh, is I have a list pulled up. We have uh, things we liked, things we disliked. I'll read a liked, read a dislike, and John and I will just kind of discuss it. Some of them we won't really discuss. Some of them will go into greater detail because uh, they're more near and dear to our hearts. Um, and the first one is Jordan Elliott. And as if you listen to this show, you remember, I had, a, I had a very nice draft night when they decided to take him in the third round. I just kept telling John, there's no way they don't take him. He's still sitting there. There's no way they don't take him. Andrew Berry's smart enough. They took Jordan Elliott. Well, my very large friend... Did not play extremely well up to date. And, you know, this 2020 messed up 
not just rookies for 2020, but young guys, um, even guys as old as Baker. Like, luckily, he came out of that stronger because he had Stefanski holding him down. But uh, all these young quarterbacks who had um, maybe bad years last year, or not just quarterbacks, all these young players had bad years last year. Like, it, COVID hurt all of them. You know, they don't have that veteran um, experience. But to see him last night play in by far his best game as a professional. Oops, shaking the screen again. By far his best game as a professional. Um, like I said, it's against the Giants in the preseason game. But he just looked good. And, John, I know you have some stats about it. I just knew from watching him in that first half, like, oh, my God, this is the Jordan Elliott at Missouri with all that promise at the three technique. Yeah. Um, noticed it on Twitter today. It was uh, somebody from Pro Football Focus tweeted, so he, uh, Elliot, started the game, played 57% of the snaps, led the team in pressures with four, converted a sack. He had a 79.3 grade, a 76.6 pass, pass rush grade, which were both uh, second on the team. So definitely one of the better players uh, so far. There's still one more game tonight, Jacksonville, New Orleans. But for week two of the preseason, definitely one of the better players. Um, and uh, yeah, against the Giants that, well, first of all, their offensive line, when they play their starters, which they didn't, uh, they're terrible. That's one of the worst offensive lines in the, uh, the league. So, um, but, you know, a guy like Elliott, uh, someone that we thought highly of, certainly in the preseason last year in the draft process, and obviously somebody that the Browns front office thought highly of, he needs to have a game like he had. Like, you should be, you know, feasting and eating against uh, the backup guys, you know, second, third stringers, and things like that. So it was really nice to see him uh, step up, especially after, he talked about potential cuts, and you know, I like I was afraid that he might be one of the casualties of the roster cuts you know, once they finally get down uh, mm-hmm. to the fifty-five or six, whatever. You know? um, but uh, if he plays like this, and if Kogiai continues to kind of be yep. like missing, uh, Marvin Wilson to a certain extent too, but he was undrafted, so I, I they, you know, they'll give him more leeway or less, who or less, who knows? But either way, yeah, this certainly helped Elliot out a lot. Yeah, and uh, who who tweeted that, John? What was her name? PFF, uh, uh, John Macri. It's M-A-C-R-I. So it's PFF underscore M-A-C-R-I. I'm going to try to, for the YouTube people, pull, um, pull that up on the YouTube video, post that. So if you're listening to the podcast, you can go on YouTube. It'll be on the screen uh, when John was talking about that. But uh, yeah, that's a great. Uh, the, Follow me on Twitter, already. Okay, so that yeah, cool. if you're not following the Cleveland Spider, which you can see under his face, then you're really missing out. Um, and you had a really good point about the roster spot. That's kind of what all these shows uh, in the preseason are going to be about: is how how does he fit in the fifty-three man? And I think Elliot from the game last night didn't make himself a lock, but. That's what you need to see to make yourself a lock. I'm assuming him and McDowell will start at defensive tackle. They might start Sheldon Day because he's, you know, he's just been there. Like, he's just been solid. Um, and the, well, it's a, it's a dislike, so I'll wait to talk about that. But, yes, great points. Jordan Elliott looked fantastic. We need to see more of that. It is a preseason game. Um, on to a dislike, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because it is a preseason game. Case Keenum was the quarterback. They're not looking to target this man because he is a lock on the roster. But Donovan Peoples-Jones only getting one target 
it doesn't speak badly of him, but it does like it's upsetting because you're not gonna want to pay Jarvis and OBJ forever. So like you want to develop a guy who's your wide receiver one. And you look at you know, in the last five to six years in the NFL, like some of the top wide receivers are guys like DK Metcalf, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, these big, fast receivers with huge catch radiuses and these uh, crazy bodies, and you're seeing the smaller receivers start to go away a little bit. Obviously, Tyreek Hill, Tyler Lockett, these guys still have their place in the league. Well, we're seeing a guy that's built like Donald Peoples-Jones. He's built like these wide receivers that are kind of taking over the league. In a preseason game, you'd like to see him just get like four or five catches in the first quarter, 50, 60 yards, because he's better than all these guys he's playing against. So that sucked, but it's not an indictment on him at all. Case Keenum is told to feed certain guys to see if they produce. Uh, it just it sucks because you, want, you have to have an answer at number one receiver to get rid of a guy like OBJ. Because you can't have Jarvis as your number one receiver. We saw what happened in the Chiefs game. Uh, it's just a... Uh, um. He, one target that he had was awesome because he made an incredible oh catch yes. on a Bahal that was way behind him. Uh, which yeah. Was nice to see, for sure. Um, so maybe silver lining that a little bit. Maybe you think it could be something like, hey, you know what? We already know People's Jones is like a, a really good receiver. We don't have to give him a lot of targets in preseason. Like, let's try to get Higgins involved. Let's try to get other guys, Daryl Hodge. Know those guys involved. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I should have. Hopefully, that's what it is because I think you're right. Yeah, like I should have prefaced that harder. Like, I don't think this is an indictment on John Donald no. Peoples Jones' talent. It's just people like to throw out. We need to get rid of Jarvis or OBJ. They're being paid too much. Well, you don't have an answer to get rid of one. Like OBJ staying on this roster until they have a wide receiver one. Like I don't care if he's getting fourteen million dollars a year. And to be honest, OBJ for fourteen million dollars a year. It's quite cheap with uh, like what the market is right now. So Donovan Peoples-Jones is what seems like could be the answer to that wide receiver one spot in one to two years. So it just stinks when he goes in against a preseason team and we don't get to see him just dominate, um, making it look like he's you know LeBron playing against high schoolers in you know, 2002. But overall, his catch was phenomenal. And he was blocking on runs. Like You shouldn't be blocking... People like Donovan, don't block. Do what, um, do what Andrew Billings is doing, and I want to talk about that because this is another dislike. Billings just okay. still looks meh. Would you say that's a great description? Just yep. out there. Just so the more I thinking, where is he on every play? The more I watched, and the more I went back and read on Billings, like when this guy last played, John, he was a legit top defensive tackle. Like obviously he wasn't mm-hmm. top five, but he was one of the best starting defensive tackles in the league that year. So do you think any of this is like, I'm out here because they want to see me shake off the rust, but I'm not going to tear my ACL. I'm not going to break my finger going hard on these kids. But like, it seems weird because no one on the Browns in Stefanski's short tenure, but in Stefanski's tenure has had that kind of mindset. They're all just like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to do what you need done. Um, I hope that's what's wrong with Billings. I hope this isn't what he looks like. My gut tells me, there's no way this guy, who has gotten stronger and bigger looking, uh, and is by all accounts apparently a very smart individual, got worse, this much worse. And I hope that he is playing lackadaisical on purpose. Well, what, are you, what are you thinking about Billings? I, I'm hoping that it's just the rust from not playing football for an entire year. I, I think he just hopefully needs to get you know, more acclimated and you know, uh, having you know, uh, some kind of an offseason this year, training camp, great, that's good. 
you know, preseason games, that's helpful. Um, you know, I kind of have a feeling we're going to see like a true preseason tune-up game uh, against the Falcons where, you know, you get some starters play for maybe a quarter, quarter and a half or something. Um, maybe if he's got other guys around him, maybe when, if Clowney plays, maybe if Garrett plays, it, you know, or even if they don't, we don't see him against Atlanta. Let's fast forward to week one. Mm-hmm. Maybe we just see a more pre- prepared, more able-bodied guy, you know, once he has other players around him who are also starters feels better but uh yeah yeah i mean i i I hope that's what it is because basically since 2018 uh since they drafted baker the billing signing i mean there's a few that i have really really loved and the billing signing is at the top of that especially for the price when they got so yeah i agree and billing's biggest thing he's not a um elite pass rusher he's not an elite like he is literally just an immovable object and that's what he does best is he's like the the stuffer, you know, everyone wants to use that. Um, but Billings is just like so good at filling the gaps and knowing where he needs to be and not missing assignments. That's what we saw with the Bengals. And it's just weird um, seeing how he's been playing. I hope that's just uh, precautionary Billings, hopefully. But um, a plus on the defensive tackle spot, one more. Uh, we can talk about this very lightly because we've already hit on the defensive tackle twice now. McDowell was I believe he was the best I believe he was the highest graded defensive tackle in the league according to PFF. Far. I don't know what he does differently, but he looks different like this is going to be taken way out of context. He looks like Jadavian Clowney or Miles Garrett does when he's out there because you watch him and you're like he looks different. He's nowhere that skilled, but just like he looks like a defensive end but he's moving guards and centers. Like he's obviously a heavier than a defensive end, but like he's just, and then you go back and you read about his draft profile. You watch highlights and you're like, wait, this guy was not on the team. And obviously it's because of things going on personally on the field, off the field, like a lot of things that he needs to work on. What a better place to do it than a, you know, good veteran leadership, um, which is crazy to say on the Browns and like a good front office, but, Fuck, it would be fantastic to have a guy that looks like him and moves like him playing defensive tackle on third downs with Jackson. Oh. Yep. Yeah, I mean, in the preseason so far, if, if McDowell's going to continue to play like this, Sheldon Day and, you know, guys like that, like, we're concerned about, think, you know, Togi I. Wilson's, you know, we talked about on the uh, last show, which uh, you guys haven't seen yet, that hasn't aired, but it will soon. We talked about how they're deep defensive line, and, and that's one of the, definitely one of the positions of strength especially on the defense with guys like this McDowell playing a game like this it just shows you how de- how deep they truly are and how mm-hmm. you know really well set up they are for um just to you know go through bumps and bruises throughout the that so definitely an exciting uh game from him I was very happy with that yes I just like I just can't just aesthetically and not even producing wise just to see a clowny Garrett and a guy like McDowell on the same line, like it would just look so fun. McDowell is just yeah. like he's just different. Like I'll say that until you know people will think I'm crazy. Like he just looks like Miles Garrett, and what I mean by that, or like T.J. Watt. Like you watch this guy and you're like, oh, he looks different than other people. McDowell's never been able to piece it together because you can be as crazy athletic as you want. It's a technical game to say the least. Um, 
let's go on to okay something that we disliked on the offensive side Connor okay. Davis was sent to the IR and Jordan Franks who would have been you know tight end four ten and five he had four drops like just bad blatant drops I you know I like it because of what we're going to use as our next like but like there's not a person listed as a tight end right now on this Browns roster that deserves a fourth roster spot. Like we can't just plug a tight end in there. Can't just give Jordan Franks a job because he's a tight end. Get him block well, drop four passes. It's just the tight end spot is bad after Harrison Bryant right now. It'll be interesting. Uh to Franks' credit, he did have uh it was that it was the end of the first half. Yeah, that sideline catch when Laletta was basically throwing it out of bounds and he just whipped it. And that was a really nice catch. Like, a that's really a hard-ass catch. catch to make. So I did not think that, that, is- that catch was going to be completed. I know. Toes down, the arms extended. He was all the way out and had the ball. And it was, uh, So, you know, who knows? Maybe if a guy could do something like that, maybe the drops are concentration, and, and that's all it is. Not just, you know, a skill set he doesn't possess. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and they might need to rely on him with Connor Davis on the IR, yeah. and obviously Carlson already there. So it's, uh, it might be if they keep four tight ends, Stanton isn't like one of them. They use him as something, you know, as a fullback or whatever, however they're going to do it. Uh, yeah, they might have to rely on Frank. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and going to our next like, and my favorite like of this show is that Stanton has a, if performs yeah. well in Atlanta, a wide open spot to the 53 oh. man because of that performance by Franks and Connor Davis as IR. He's and making the team. He's uh, making the damn team. I can't wait. Donnie Stanton is a Cleveland Brown. He absolutely, as tight end number four, ladies and gentlemen, he went in the game. I swear to God I'm pissed off that I didn't post the episode. It wasn't done. I didn't want to like post it up before editing it a little bit. Like I should post this Saturday night. Because in there, I said, Johnny Stanton's going to make the 53-man roster. Sunday rolls around, gets in the game, and my reasoning was <laughs> he just gets shit done. And Andrew Barry appreciates that. He has a couple nice blocks, and then Andrew Barry gets on the broadcast, and Barry said, Joe Thomas brought up Stanton, and Andrew Barry's like, yeah, he's a, a fantastic football player, his quarterback, tight end, wide receiver, yada, yada, yada. Makes a phenomenal grab, uh, throw behind him by Case Keenum, shocker. Uh, turns around, catches it in mid-sprint, and gets a, just a nice play, just a solid play by a guy who's trying to make a roster spot. And I'm almost positive it was the next play. I didn't go back and watch the game in the entirety except for the first quarter and the fourth quarter because I didn't get the whole first quarter and I didn't watch the fourth quarter. And Stanton lines up in the slot. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. They're just going to decoy him out there so they can run. This guy, first of all, looked like a defensive tackle. His quads are so thick. And I'm like, there's no way he's going to run anyone off on Sure as shit, he runs a vertical route, wide open, catch, drops to the ground, which was a big deal. There were three guys around him. He's getting rocked, but he catches it and drops. Like Awareness off the charts, solid enough hands, blocks well, extremely smart. Stefanski brought him into Minnesota. Uh, the tight end coach at the Browns now has ties with him somehow. He said it on our show. I forget how, to be honest, but he's going to be a Cleveland Brown, John. He has to be a Cleveland Brown, or I'll cry. I mean, on the board. It's we're, we're, we're going into the 2021 season with Johnny Stanton. So, get we'll your Stanton jerseys ready, folks. 
Go ahead, yeah. go on Fanatics and get them ordered. Absolutely, I'll be buying a jersey. I'm not even kidding. I probably will. Um, it's awesome. So cool. Uh, there's not really many other dislikes we have. Um, I don't want to talk about them, but greedy with the groin injury. I really feel bad for the kid. Like the mental aptitude to keep going through injuries, serious injuries too. Not like banged up fingers or bones. It's like tendons, groin, like muscles, nerves. Like feel bad for the kid, and he's getting hassled. He's 23 years old. Grown men are yelling at him. It's really fucking pathetic, if you ask me. But, and Mac Wilson didn't produce. It, like, just makes yeah. you think, like, what? what? Where was this training camp that happened? But, positives. There are two, there are two positives that I really want to harp on, and then I think that could probably be it if, we, um, if John didn't have anything. First was Johnson, Felton, and Kelly all looked extremely good. The most impressed I was out of any of them was, and I've said this before multiple times, I've told people that if the Browns decide to trade Kareem Hunt, I don't, I wouldn't enjoy the move. Uh, I think you have as much talent as you can for cheap when you have it. But like if someone were to offer a King's Ransom, um, the Rams or if someone, you know, had a running back get hurt in midseason before the trade deadline, like, Dearness Johnson is an NFL running back. He's proved that time and time again. I don't think, you know, he's obviously not Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt, but I think if you put him in a game, he'll get you where you need to be, and he'll be a good supplement to a Nick Chubb. So I knew he, like, we knew that he had to go out and press, and he did extremely well, like 27 yards after contact on 29 yards, <laughs> which is crazy. Um, but Felton, we talked about Felton on the last podcast that isn't aired yet. John was... Huge on Felton. Huge on him on draft night. I got back to our Baron BB. We watched the second round of the draft at John's house. And maybe third. I don't remember. what we, No, maybe fourth, fifth. Regardless, he texts me like, <laughs> Felton, let's fucking go. And I'm like, I don't know who that is, to be honest. This guy is built like James White. So I thought like, oh, he's just going to be a receiving back. John's like, no, he plays in the slot. Uh, he was a wide receiver. He got switched to running back. Well, they're talking about that on the broadcast yesterday. And obviously now I know who Demetric Felton is. Like, I watched stuff on him after we drafted him. He's running between the tackles. Like, mm-hmm. not just doing it. Like, excelling. Reading, reading his blockers. Setting up his blockers. Um, being able to get through tight windows. Not just falling down when he gets hit. He's a small guy. He was super impressive for a rookie wide receiver who's been transitioned into a running back and has almost no experience at running back compared to wide receiver. Like, I 100% made the roster as the fourth running back and will probably be utilized in the passing game an extreme amount as well. The problem is, like, where do you find time for him, which we talked about on that other podcast, John. But, like, your boy Felton is a... Is, like, he can run. That was yeah. so nice to see. Uh, the running game, especially after the Jacksonville, you know, they had, what, like 30-some yards total in the entire game, obviously. And, you know, not a super big focus. Jacksonville did play a lot of starters and things like that. So you're playing, you know, first their first team against yeah. first, second, third. Um, but still, you know, a guy like Spansky is going to want to go into a game and, and be able to run the ball a little bit. Like, that's part of who they are, obviously, in offense. So yeah. especially the way they run, you know, when they do wide zone and things like that, like, you theoretically – long as your lineman can move you should be able to run on anybody you know not any but you know what i mean you should yes. be able to establish it. um so to see the especially the first drive the first drive looked 
fantastic. Uh, the couple uh, Dearness Johnson runs that looked really nice. Uh, you know, he looked excellent. The blocking looked really good. It just, it all came together, and it was a really nice change of pace from what we saw in the first week. And then, yeah, Felton, the whole game, just, I mean, he's just special. Like, he's explosive. Like, every time, you know, there was one play, and I can't remember exactly, well, it must be second quarter, um, where it was just a straight kind of dive run, like kind of a power run. Maybe they trapped somebody, but it was n- nothing too fancy or anything like that. And he's just past the D line before they even know like who has the ball. Like that's going to be his specialty because obviously he's not the biggest guy and he's not going to yeah. bounce off. But um, yeah, like he was just through the line really quick on a bunch of different runs. He just looks so comfortable and, and being having, having a wide receiver his whole entire career and then having to play it, you know, switch to it because of injuries in college. Um, just shows how special he is as an athlete and a guy that, you know, Stefanski, again, he's just, he'll find ways to get that guy the ball because, mm-hmm. you know, put the ball in that guy's hands. Happen. So I'm really excited. I was happy to see it in this game for sure. I hope they use him a little more against Atlanta. And then I just can't wait to see what he does. Even if, like you said um, on the last show, even if it's, you know, five to 10 snaps a game and he only touch has four touches a game, six or something like that, like they're going to be magic. There's going to be one or two that you're going to just jaw dropping. You're like, okay, I am so glad we have this guy, yeah. and uh, he's not on some other roster doing fun things for other teams. So yeah, can't wait. Yeah, there's only a few guys on this offensive side right now uh, in this preseason roster that you look at and you go, I don't think he's quite ready for. Pro- I don't think he's quite ready for regular season snaps. John Kelly's up there, like the dude's built like a tank. He runs well, but. He just doesn't look ready for... He doesn't read holes very well. He doesn't explode through them extremely efficiently. But like Felton, every time he touched the ball, you're like, this guy's ready for real football. Um, Almost all the wide receivers look like that. Like Davis is just playing well. Like he's making a contract on a different team right now, which is super cool. Like he will will get signed by somebody. And if he doesn't, awesome, because a wide receiver is going to get hurt for us eventually, and he'll be called up. Um. Jojo Natson doesn't look like he tore his ACL. Looks just as fast. Looks just as quick. Uh, his biggest issue. You're is Hodge. That, nice, t- nice catch on the fourth down on the first drive the, from uh, Keenum, especially after they kind of had that same play and yep. Higgins, you know, it got knocked out of his hands, dropped or whatever it was, but came right back and went to it. And yeah, that was a nice throw, much better throw from Keenum, and a really nice catch by Hodge to go up and get that ball. So good for him. Yeah, yeah, Hodge. Oh God, that touchdown. Um, the only problem with Natson getting a you know, like real game reps is that he's not a refined route runner or else he would be dominant because he's fast as hell. Um, yeah. So you don't want to see that and that's rough. But this offense just looks in tune. The offensive line played well. Keenum and Loletta had such a clean pocket. Um, and, you know, I'm not even going to throw the, they were using their second stringers because there are our second string guys. Uh, Hudson, Harris, Dunn, Hans, like those guys can all step in and play a game and you feel comfortable enough in the NFL. Yeah. Um, maybe not Hudson. He makes a couple too many stabs, which we'll get into that later on in an episode, I'm sure. But stabs uh, a lot. Yeah. Heavy feet. I am officially on Team Hudson now. Uh, like, I absolutely want him to succeed somewhere in the NFL. I hope it's with the Browns, but now I'm just, like, all in on this kid. Was like, it because of the Joe Thomas from, stuff? Yeah, switching from D-line to O-line. Like, yeah. you know, contacting Joe, or Joe Thomas, reaching out to him. Like, that's really cool. It's so really... I'm, it's amazing actually and like that's why it's such a smart place he's a he's a ridiculous he's an elite athlete like for his size he's an elite athlete um 
So, and I watched it very carefully because it was when they were talking about Hudson with Barry and Joe Thomas. He stabbed, didn't move his feet. They got right to Loletta or Keenum, whoever was quarterback. Next play, you saw him like slap his face mask. Same exact move, same exact like just passing set. Quarterback dropped back. He didn't let him around him. Like moved his feet, got there quicker, didn't jab at him, let him come to him. Like just like fixing little things like that on the fly when. You're not fighting for a roster spot, but you are fighting for a roster spot. Like, and then to have that mentality of like, oh, we're just going to correct our mistake that was small and not let it eat at us. Uh, huge. And he did not, I, I don't think he played left tackle in all of his years at Cincinnati, did he? Well, he was uh, used all over the line, wasn't he? Oh, good question. I, I thought he was know. drafted as a guard. You're probably right. You're probably right. I don't think he was. It would have stood out more if or we would know that for left tackle. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just to, to go, because, cause, and he was recruited somewhere else. He went somewhere big, didn't he? And then he went to like, Michigan. He was a defensive tackle. That's it. Yeah, Michigan. And left the program, went to Cincinnati, switched to play offensive tackle or offensive line. And then, yeah, just the whole Joe, Th- like, Joe Thomas found out about him. Like, I'm just going to call him. Can, can you imagine the, getting a phone call from Joe Thomas? And yeah, and the it's guy's funny like, that he thought that someone was pranking him. I would, too. I'd be like, this is not Joe. Get the, get the I'm not, I'm not, there's no way. It's not Joe Thomas. Like, no, it really is Joe Thomas. I'd like yeah, to help you be a better help. Okay. Uh, and I was mixed up. He played left tackle at college. The draft network, or NFL network, when he was drafted, put him as guard because he had short arms or something stupid. Like, just, oh, okay. they just like, their reasoning for listing people as tackle and guards is silly as hell. But, um, so we can get this episode wrapped up. The last super positive was, uh, LeCount, which now I'm like, after watching the second game, I'm just kind of like, okay, well, uh, he's starting over John Johnson. Like, he's the best player in all football. No, but, <laughs> uh, like, I expect big things from him now. Like, we know he's a football player. He had a couple of plays where he missed. He took a couple more gambles this game. But in the preseason, I like to see the gambling as long as it doesn't become a bad habit. But you got to make plays. Of course, he made the other interception. It was... It was garbage time interception, but he's got an interception in his first two NFL games. Um, he looked good. Uh, he's got John Johnson and Ronnie, Ronnie Harrison to learn from. He's got Grant Delpit to learn from. Grant Delpit was a phenomenal, like, they're, they're all going to be able to learn from each other. Um, and if Grant Delpit comes back week seven, week eight, fully healthy, and you got those four guys rotating, your cornerback depth looks a lot less scary because you can play big nickel packages more. So many beautiful things happening. And then Greg Newsom, who's 20 years old, going up against grown men. He's playing slot. He played eight in the slot, eight and 17 snaps outside. And he played phenomenal. I mean, he played extremely well. Uh, still got a lot of room to grow. He's still made a couple of bad plays. But, I mean, you're watching a 20-year-old, and you're like, wow. They missed a lot of tackles. He missed, I noticed like four or five tackles he missed on the run. I almost wanted to say something. Then I'm like, you know what? People harassed Denzel Ward for not being able to tackle when he came into the league. And now if Denzel's got a running back one-on-one, I fully trust that Denzel's going to tackle him. Like, I don't know if that's a defensive back coach at the Browns, you know, coaching them up, or if it's Denzel, he got bigger and he came into himself more. But uh, you, you don't pay cornerbacks to tackle. You don't. Um, I want him to be able to cover. 
we've talked about this multiple times. Like having two actual outside cornerbacks is huge. The Browns have one. We need to find a second. All of them are littered with injuries. It's just nice to see. It was nice to see. Uh, you need more depth. They've only got four linebackers. They've only got four cornerbacks on their team that I'd be like, yeah, go line up against them. And you got guys like A.J. Green where Andrew Barry's super high on him, but he just never really yeah. puts it together on the field. So it's a tough, it's a tough room. That's definitely the scariest room in, on the Browns' entire roster. But it was nice to see Newsom, and um, it was nice to see LeCount step the hell up in a game where it kind of matters if you win. Like, they had practice against him all week. It's nice to just keep putting your foot on their throat. Like, you don't want to lose a preseason game. The Ravens haven't lost a preseason game since, like, 2014. That's what you want. Like, you should be utterly dominating. And that's what the Browns look like. They look like an NFL team out there playing a preseason game. They're not, they're not having penalties. I need to shut up now. I'm just realizing I have not stopped talking because my head's starting to hurt. Well, like, it's just everything. They're not, they're not committing pen- penalties. They're not um, making blatant errors on defense. They're not missing assignments, um, obviously, here or there. But, like, I don't know what I'm watching. This isn't a Cleveland Browns roster. Very different. Uh, yeah, I think uh, the, you know, LeCount, another great game. That's awesome. Put two in a row together now, so this is fantastic. Just keep doing what you're doing, young man, because that's working out. And uh, Newsome. Yeah, I mean, the missed tackles, I did notice that too. They Like a third down, and uh, he stuck his nose right in there, and it was him in the hole, and the guy just kind of st- sidestepped him, and, you know, he, he whiffed on the tackle and first down play. Um, so, you know, whatever. I mean, if, it's, if we continually see it, you know, that's a problem. But let's just see if he plays uh, next week with, against Atlanta, and, you know, it's something that we notice kind of goes away. Maybe he makes a tackle where he would have missed it, you know, where he did miss it the week prior. So that'll be something to look yeah. forward to. But all in all, yeah, I mean, it's another win for the team, which is always good. Um, I think you've seen, you know, we've seen a lot of good things. Like you said, penalties low, not like a bunch of mental mistakes. Not, you know, we're not like can't get lined up in the preseason or, or a bunch of delay of games because they just don't, the personnel isn't on the field. You know, a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, none of that stuff is happening. Great. So, you know, keep getting better. I mean, they time to figure out roster spots and stuff like that, but you know, it's practice for everybody, right? It's the fans practicing calling plays, Joe Woods, you know, every, everything they're doing. So, uh, I, so far, so good. No real complaints. It's preseason. I think if we get to see some starters versus Atlanta, uh, that'll be a lot of fun. And um, maybe we can make more assessments, judgments, whatever, uh, if that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it does, I'll look forward to it. If not, then, you know, we just, we think we know what we have as far as the roster goes. If we... Uh, if we know who's healthy heading into Kansas City, then that's really what's going to matter. Uh, and we know what to expect. It's, you know, it's one more preseason game, and then we get started with the NFL season and uh, one of the toughest places to play against one of the hardest teams. So, you know, here we go. Yeah. Damn. I'm excited. The 4 o'clock Can't game, wait. too, right? Yeah, 405. Yep. Or 425. Yeah, well, it's still one of the lakes. Like that's four oh five is so beautiful. Eight o'clock yeah. is the worst thing in the world. Monday night football, Thursday night football, Sunday night football. Sign me out. Sign me <laughs> out. Don't want it. Don't need it. It's not necessary in life. Play every game at one p.m. Start no. Start at nine a.m. Eastern. You know, because like, wait until one p.m. on Sunday morning is the worst thing in the world. It's the worst. Was, uh, one of the nice things about living in L.A. I didn't mind that when the game started at ten. So that was cool because you're done by eight eight thirty. You yeah, know, that sounds night. awesome. Yeah, that sounds cool. awesome. All right, well, 
I do you have anything else you want to add about the Giants game in particular? Nope. Right. Go, man. Well, um, if you're still listening, thank you. We appreciate you so much. We're gonna be doing they're gonna be releasing on like Mondays and um then a game, I mean an episode posted on maybe Thursdays that will be previewing games. This will be all throughout the year. Days might change by like, you know, one or two days off, especially if it's uh, it's a primetime game or if we just have something going on in our lives. Um, who knows? Maybe there'll be some times where like John and our, John or I have to solo it or bring on someone else because life never works out perfectly. So the odds that we are able to do 32 game, the 32 podcast right on schedule is uh, uh, low. But we're getting so much closer to our 30 minute time mark. This was like a 36 minute episode, John. So we're getting there. We're doing well. Doing Significantly. Well. I mean, not significantly, slightly smaller each time. (laughs) But anyway, guys and gals, stay safe out there. Um, Be careful with the new Delta variant. And uh, let's get excited for some Browns football. Oh, yeah. Go Browns.